When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Thursday and welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple here with Husker Online as uh, we go through what we feel are the five biggest headlines. Nebraska coming off a win last week, Sip, uh, over Northern Illinois. Now this week, Louisiana Tech comes into town. Lots to talk about here on Headlines. Let's get into it. Headline number one, what will this offense look like here knowing some of the situations that have happened, but most importantly, the the quarterback uh, situation. I, I just think in general, lots of questions on what this offense looks like, how they build this offense now going forward. Well, it depends who the quarterback is, but I, I thought if it was Harburg, um, they would run the quarterback more, which they did um, last week. 12 called design runs. Yeah, which I guess was now that you say that, when you when – you, um, put it that way it was about the same as sims but it's not going to be less than when sims is a quarterback they're going to run heinrich you got to run heinrich especially with the running back injuries that they have to gabe irvin and ramir johnson you gotta you gotta run that position more i don't think the offense is going to look all that much different except you have to run the quarterback more i think the biggest thing too now the adjustments made i mean now that harburg has a tape out there yeah how will they adjust? I mean, and you saw Matt Rule say that this week, that Northern Illinois came out completely different than what they had shown because they had anticipated Harburg being the starter. So they, they played a much more upfield aggressive style on him to take away the run game. And I think a lot of teams are going to do that now. I think um, you want these quarterbacks to get some runs, but I think opposing coordinators are going to put in looks that make it harder for that QB run game to be a factor. Well, that's where his versatility could come in because he can throw it downfield too. They could be in a good situation here if he if if that is if the picture that Harburg presented is real, they could be in a pretty good spot with him. But you have to see it over the course of time. We've seen one game and it was a good picture. It was a good picture. But now I'm wildly interested in what that picture is going to look like tomorrow. This offense, I think when you look at what they have to do, they've got to figure out something that helps their defense. This team is going to win because of that defense. And, and ideally special teams play if it's a, you know, the punts are like we saw last week. They've got to find a complementary offense to help that defense. And I use this this week on the site, you know, 2009 Nebraska. Sean Watson one time said, you know, in the middle of that year, he's like, we just kind of had to lay all of our pieces on the table. This is what we have to work with. Let's figure out the best way to win, knowing that we've got a really good defense to help us on the other end. And I think that's the same spot that Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield are in right now. They know they've got a good defense. They've just got to not screw this up. You hate to even use Iowa as an example, but the way Iowa plays, they don't beat themselves. No. And sometimes for Iowa, a punt is a victory. Mm -hmm. And we saw that last week where it was kind of a stalemate, seven to three for a long time. 
but then they just eventually got the play they needed on special teams, which led to points on offense. Yeah, there's a fine line. You don't want to you don't want to go into a shell as an offense. This already, I, I don't know exactly what, where you're coming from, but if I hear it right, it's you, you want to be a little more conservative. You want to play sound and smart football. Sound and smart, but you don't want to send the message to these guys that we want to we're going to play conservative because they're already pretty. They don't have a whole lot. Two tight ends, fullback. I mean, they, they, they play a pretty old school. What I'm saying is you don't want to preach conservatism too much to an offense that doesn't even have that many playmakers. The playmakers they have have to turn it loose. All right. So it's tricky, but that's coaching. That's coaching. Yeah. You don't want to go. I mean, you're not. You got to keep it conservative. I get it, but I just don't want to. I don't think the message should be that all the time. I don't think they want to throw it much saying. more than twenty-five times a game, though. No, I think I, I think twenty I think to twenty-five yeah. is probably the number. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just so. What's the offense going to look like? It's a big discussion. It is a huge discussion now without Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin. Well, and they have can they no. Even, can they even keep doing what they want to do, which is. Sean, the question in my mind, if I sat next to Matt Rule at a bar, what would I okay? If we if we were at O'Rourke's tonight, I would want to ask him this. Now, you, Matt, have really laid out in clear terms how you want to win games. What is it, Sean? Body blows with the running game. Really take that running game into the fourth quarter and be particularly effective late in the game. Body blows, and then you you can lean on your defense. As you go, get good special teams plays. Now, the question, can you still do that with Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives? And we'll hit on those guys later, later. on our other headlines. But, you know, I, you're you right. still do that. Well, how much can you push Anthony Grant, too? Right. you saw last year, he went 32 carries against Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then on a short week, had to go out to Rutgers and play and didn't do much. Got took a lot of – I mean, the, the, the offensive line got whipped at Rutgers. I mean, Nebraska won that game, but they probably easily could have lost. And Grant had a rough game. He got hit a lot. He never was really the same after that Rutgers game. uh, Other than the Minnesota game. He had a good game against Minnesota. I thought his legs came back at times late last season. But there, yeah, right around that time of the Rutgers game after that, it was evident that he had kind of lost his zip. So, uh, yeah, you got to definitely watch that. I feel really comfortable with Anthony Grant. But how much are you going to use him? I think the answer to all of this is they're going to run the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, you're going to, you're going to probably use two, right? Because they're because both of them can run. What's it going to look and like, Sean? I'm not in the camp. I, people are like, are you going to involve the fullback more? I'm, no, I don't. I don't think the fullback <laughs> is going to get like a lot of carries. Like, why did you say it like that? I'm just trying to be like <laughs> general fan on the street. Yeah. Ask like. There's like some people even asked, would Janaira and Bonner have a chance to play some? That, that's my voice. No, I wonder. I, I don't think so. I mean, you're mocking. He, my j- he just moved from receiver to a tight end and he's kind of a, a fullback. Can't play some fullback. But I don't see him as a guy that can do like a one cut, right. like a true I, tailback move. I understand that. Um, I just don't. You I don't. Done, s- now hold on. Some quick hitting handoffs to leave in trip. That doesn't that doesn't appeal to you. I mean, he's not Andy Janovich, though. Like, no. If they had Andy Janovich, absolutely. And and we saw Mike Riley do that with Andy Janovich. They included him. Was it Mike Riley's first year when Janovich had that run against Wisconsin? 
I don't know what year. That and they was. took the lead. Yeah, it was the first year of Riley, and they they took the lead. And then I just know the crowd just about lost its mind. <laughs> it's like the best fullback run we saw in like yeah. twenty years. <laughs> but the, yeah, I don't know if they have that. But well, our, you don't know. Here's the thing: you don't know that they don't. You don't know if they don't. Do they rep it? I mean, how many how many reps does the fullback even get carrying the ball in like, practice? Like I don't know. Can you even waste time doing that if it's not going to be a part of your I, repertoire? I, okay. It can become part of your repertoire. Your repertoire can change. What what I'd like to see more of is quick hitting runs, not always read runs, just quick hitters. Boom. Yeah, he's at the line of scrimmage. All right. I'd like to see that. You know what play was beautiful, like in the Abdullah, and they don't have Amir Abdullah. I'm going to be in Rex Burkett era. They would just run like that, like power toss. Yeah. And it, they beat Penn State that one year. I'm trying to think what year that would yeah. have been. 2012. And I think they ran the same run play 38 times, or I mean, just some crazy number. Quick power toss, quick and, toss. But then they had a fullback lead blocking, and it was yeah. CJ Zimmer. And Penn State just got tired. I mean, they were really a good team, and Amir just kept beating them to the edge. And I mean, they ran the same play like those the are entire, body blows the entire game. Yeah, those are body blows. I'm sure Matt Rule, being a Penn State guy, he's probably watched that tape before. Yeah, okay. that that was a that was that was like. And Barney Cotton and Ron Brown, I remember, like, yeah, we just kept running the same play the entire game. Yeah. And Penn State couldn't stop it. But Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. All right, before we get to headline number two, uh, this headline, the show brought to you by CHI Health. September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. This year, it is estimated that over 288,000 men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer, and over 34,000 men will die from the disease. September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, and I want to remind you to talk to your healthcare provider about when to begin your cancer screenings. Um, men at age 50 and older should talk with their healthcare provider about when they should begin their prostate cancer screenings. Uh, finding prostate cancer early makes it easier. If you don't have a provider, visit chihealth.com to find a provider and a CHI Health clinic near you. And I, I, I got to just give them one plug because on Sunday night, CHI bailed me out. My daughter had had an accident. We were cutting a caramel apple and she cut her finger uh -huh. and we went into priority care at CHI Sunday night, 730. Yeah. Got her in and out of there in 20 minutes. Ooh, really? Just put some glue put some on glue. there? Yeah, it was going to be stitches or glue. Drove over to 40 the Yankee Hill and walked right in. They had our stuff in there. Boom, we were in and out. So in, and I know Sunday nights are tough. Like to be able to get seen, that, that was a really nice thing. And uh, CHI bailed us out on a Sunday night. Otherwise, you got to go to the ER somewhere, yeah. you know. Um, so check out CHI Health. Thank you for uh, being a sponsor here of the Husker Online Show and Husker Online Headlines. All right, let's get on headline number two. The Are we going to see the rise of Heinrich Harburg? or the comeback of Jeff Sims? I think it's a valid question this week. When you go into this game, we kind of saw Har Harburg, and everyone wants a little bit more of Harburg. We didn't see Jeff Sims at all because of the injury. Will that lead him back? I mean, wh who will start? I mean, I, I think it's really debatable. Matt Rule has not said, 
and he's been pretty consistent with this, that it will be a game time decision on what he's going to do. Uh, but you just get the sense or feeling it probably will be Harburg, but who knows? Yeah, Matt Rule did say today, which is Thursday, uh, he said this morning, late this morning, that Sims practice well but isn't 100%. Um, I, I think that's – I think he tipped his hand a little bit there unless it's subterfuge. Maybe he said that to throw Louisiana Tech off. Oh, he's saying that Sims isn't moving that well. Um, if you're that defensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech, you might say, oh, that means Sims is starting. I don't know. It's the, the, You can get into some mind games here. I'd be curious <laughs> – just to be a fly on the wall at Louisiana Tech, who would they rather? Who would they rather Ooh, that's see? That's a good question. That's a really that's it because you should think of it that way. Like would Sims? Would they be like? I hope they start Sims because we think Harburg's better. I mean, like, or would it be the opposite? Like, what would their thought be preparing? And and the other question I have is how different is Nebraska? I don't know if they're that much different now. This week they are going to be different because of the running back situation. But what will it look like? You know, the biggest difference is the turnovers. Uh, Jeff Sims led offense was four turnovers a game. Harburg had the one, um, and the defense helped him out and held him to a field goal to get him out of that tough hole. You just said something really smart for a change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that you maybe would guide your decision on what would, if you were a defensive coordinator, which guy would you rather face? Now, all things equal, all things equal, but things aren't all equal because of Sims's injury. But if all things are equal, you got to put yourself in the shoes of a defensive coordinator. Sean, who would you rather face right now? Sims. I would do. I would do. Because of turnovers. Well, I think the pressure that he's under, like I, I and I think the rise of Harburg has added more pressure. Can we call it a rise after one game against a um, suspect? The performance of Harburg. Yeah. I think though. The clean game he played puts a hell of a lot of pressure on Jeff Sims to answer that. Oh, yeah. Because before, there was no pressure. Mm -hmm. He had nobody on his heels. He could make a mistake and not really worry about it because the other quarterbacks probably weren't repped at a level to unseat him. Sean, you know what? You know what? But you know what could happen? Maybe Sims welcomes that pressure. Maybe he's the type of guy that responds really well to it. You know, maybe that, hey, it's possible that that's exactly what he needed. Well, and, and the pressure that he was under here, it was, I mean, come on, Georgia Tech. No, he like, wasn't under. There was no pressure at Georgia Tech. Hold on. How much pressure was he under here? He to had, got handed to, the starting um, job. I'm saying to, to to meet an expectation with all this NIL and advertisements. I mean, that. That's what I'm talking about. Like, he's a, got his own combo meal, a suit deal, a tractor deal, a big contract with the collective. He wasn't being pushed. And you go back to Georgia. He probably had none of that at Georgia Tech, at okay. least to, to a high level. Otherwise, okay. he'd still be there. Okay, but he wasn't being pushed in practice on a daily basis that we know of. No. It was his job. Now, now it's not necessarily his job. And maybe, just maybe, that's how he'll respond really well to that. Like, maybe you'd almost see a new Jeff Sims. Like a fire. Yeah, because you didn't see fire. That was the intangible part that really, I guess, concerned me or, or sort of turned me off about Sims. I didn't see a lot of fire. Now, Satterfield, I think, would take me on on that and say, oh, wait, you didn't see those runs against Minnesota where he 
where he's where he uh, lowered his shoulder into defenders. You didn't think that that fired Satterfield up. That probably fired teammates up. But I just thought the I thought Harburg's presence and overall command and these intangible qualities that we talk about that are so important at the quarterback position, command, presence, leadership, all of that, I thought looked better with Harburg. The lack of situational awareness, too. I mean, that's hard to look past because of the experience that Sims had. Oh, yeah. I mean, throwing those picks at Minnesota, the one, I mean, because it's like that they could go to overtime and still win the game. And that pick cost them the game. Well, going out of bounds at Colorado, too. Going out of bounds at the end of the first half, which allowed Colorado to get more points. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just situational plays or even like, Trying to pick up a fumble and still make a play, just jump on the ball. Right. I mean, yeah, one hundred, Sean. So I, I that that's and you can't say he's not experienced. He he's got as many starts as any Power Five quarterback in in the conference right now. Uh huh. It's not like he's some rookie that they just brought up. I mean, so I would say we might be witnessing the rise of Heinrich Harburg. I'd say if he can duplicate or put forth a performance that is on the level of Northern Illinois or exceeds it, then I think you can put the word rise in there. Or maybe maybe we are witnessing the rise of something. I I kind of lean towards Heinrich because he captured our imaginations, right? He captured our imaginations. Now, and, you know, Husker fans are always thinking about the next move. There's so many people asking, do you think we'll go in the portal again for another quarterback? And I go, it's just too early. You don't know. And I mean, there's even fans that want to know if Anthony Rizak could get offered. Well, they already have Daniel Kalen. And it, generally, you don't take two high school scholarship quarterbacks. Right. Um, so I, I think we're way too early to know the portal thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't expect them to take another high school quarterback because they're full. I mean, they have 25 commits already. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a time before they eliminated the rule of 25 that they'd be done. They couldn't yeah. even take portal players. So um, Matt Rule is basically – let it be known they're going to add probably 30 plus players again to this roster next year and continue to churn, churn, churn. And that will be something to kind of follow. All right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we get to headline number three, um, this segment and headline brought to you by Bauer Underground. Bauer Underground is helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure future and is looking for new members to join the team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best in construction Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employer-paid health insurance, dental disability, vision and life insurance, 401k match, new top-of-the-line equipment, and a clothing allowance. No experience in utility underground construction? No problem. Bauer will train the right people in the field, giving you the hands-on experience that you need to build a long and rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook to view testimonials from current Bauer teammates, hear about their experiences, the company culture, and the importance of their work. 
Bauer Underground is family-owned with crews and work sites across Nebraska. Wherever you live, Bauer has an opportunity for you. For more information, like Bauer Underground on Facebook or visit BauerUnderground.com. Come start your new career today. Let's take it to headline number three. The good news, the bad news for this Nebraska defense. First of all, I think mean, a lot of good news, Steve Sipple. Uh, they played 35 guys. 27 guys saw more than 10 snaps in the game. Wow. Um, you know, so it's a remarkable number of guys having some trouble over there, big guy. <laughs> Just the microphone almost fell down. Fumbling the ball there I'll take before the snap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I jumped on it. Oh, Sean, I jumped right you tried on it. to pick it up and keep going. <laughs> I right. No, I jumped on it. Um, yeah, they're good news, bad news. I mean, the good news, is, as you mentioned, 35 guys, is that's a beautiful number that they play. Well, especially in a game that was fairly tight for yeah. three quarters. So you said 27. Played more than 10 snaps. Twenty, Yeah, more than 10 snaps. That's, that's excellent. Also good news. Nebraska allowing, and we have to celebrate these stats to a certain extent because we haven't had a chance to do a lot of this in the recent years. Nebraska, fourth in the nation right now in average rushing yards allowed per per. 1.74. Okay, that's the number. 1.74 um, per carry. Fourth in the country, Sean. James Madison is number one. Who knew? Um, opponents are only averaging 0.77 yards per carry against James Madison. Air Force number two, 1.62 yards per carry by opponents. Arkansas three, 1.72. Nebraska four. Now that's a number. I don't, I mean, you can say, well, these opponents aren't great rushing teams. Well, Minnesota hangs its hat on it, or they have in recent years. Colorado does not. Northern Illinois would would have liked to run better. They yeah, they didn't want. They sure as heck didn't want Lombardi throwing a ton. Right. So no, that's a that that is an excellent number. The bad news is they've only forced three turnovers. Now that part will come, I think, because they hit. They they get to the they get a lot of guys to the ball does Nebraska and they hit hard. This is a very strong tackling team. It is. Talk to George Darlington about that this week. George, come on, he's got three national title rings. He coached defensive backs for the best defenses that Nebraska's ever had. He knows what it takes to play defense and to force turnovers. He says this is this is what he said, Sean. This is an extremely good tackling team. Now when George says it. I listen because George knows football, but also because you know what else George does? He'll criticize. He'll be the first to criticize oh, a bad situation. There's a lot of things he's told you over the years you could never publish. No, he he'll he he will. He he's is unfiltered. He's unfiltered and very honest, and he says extremely good tackling team here. Extremely good. <laughs> he's George is a beauty. Yeah, he's smart. He's and he's very intelligent. He will. I mean, he'll. He'll tell you how it is. Yeah, too. He, yeah. And you, and anybody who sat with him in the press box, including yourself, you know he sees things way before anybody does. When he doesn't care, he's uncancelable at his age. Like he, he'll yeah. say what he wants to say. He doesn't care. Like, oh, but he, yeah, but he's not inappropriate. No, no. I mean, but he'll he's blunt. He's blunt about like, I mean, he has just said you can't win with Jeff Sims. He said he, he that's what that's his opinion. I said, George, that's just your opinion. That's your opinion, and. 
that now he said that after the opener, by the way. And um, Coach Rule talked to George. Oh yeah, yeah. Those guys and can be blunt with each other. They appreciate like him and Ed Foley. They appreciate yeah. George just <laughs> unfiltered. <laughs> I mean, he's he's very opinionated, but I mean, he's right about most things. Osborne had some. When you think about that staff now, I mean, think about Milt and George and Charlie. I mean, there, there were some personalities there. Oh now. yeah, and, it, and, I'll, and I'll tell you. It's not like they always got along. No, Sean, they did not always get along. One hundred percent. That's not. I wouldn't go on a show and say that if I didn't know it. How is? Have you seen Coach McBride or heard? I haven't heard. I haven't heard from him. him in a yeah, long time. I, I wonder how he's doing because I, I haven't seen him around or heard much yeah. from Coach. And you know, obviously, he's a legend in the program too. But yeah. it's good to see George. Back George around. is George is at pretty much every game, and he's at a lot of practices. And he told me, Sean, he quit going to. He would only go to a few practices of the previous head coaches because he said it was terrible. He, I mean, I'm just no, it's Scott, Scott Frost, right? Yeah, he said it was terrible. I mean, and he loved. Well, I'll just I'll read you what. He, why don't we just do this? I'll read you a quote because I was using this in a speech. This is what George said about Matt Rule. He'll get it done here. I really believe that. If you hear any crap about him or hear, well, I don't know about this guy. Just know I'm on his bandwagon because with so many head coaches here, I'd go to one practice and see it was crap. Excuse my French, but I didn't want to waste my time. What he likes is that they tackle in practice. They scrimmage. That They will scrimmage during the week. You know, they'll just have a period where they scrimmage. They'll go at it. He loves that, and he loves that they got all the guys practicing. Those are the things he really well, likes. Well, on the Tuesday-Wednesday – they're back to being kind of an old school before. I mean, I think between Riley and frost, there was kind of this mentality to really be careful in practice, right? Which didn't give you a good look for the week. Sean, you, you that's a good way to put it rule. I would say is less careful in, in the way he approaches the hitting part. He he's, he's not, not that he's reckless, but he's just less. Careful. Well, can you imagine the, Penn State, he played for in the '90s. What those practices oh, were probably like, and like they, Nebraska in the '90s. Well, and, and they they had great depth on those Penn State. They could go hard. Yeah, and it was a different time. You got to allow for that. But like Nebraska in the '90s, Tom would let us watch practice, Sean. And I would I would tell you this: I used to. They used to. We we'd be in in the latter. The we the media would be in for the latter stages of practice, and sometimes they would we would catch their goal line drill, which was live. And that was as much violence as I'd want to see. I mean, <laughs> that was I would back, I would I would back off the field because that was in, it was it was a very violent drill. I mean, it was a goal line drill, and it was Lawrence Phillips trying to get in in the touchdown again in the in the end zone against Wistrom and Peter and Ogard and and whoever else. You know, I mean, it was God. It was amazing. And it goes back to the notion that, hey, you want your practices to be harder than the game. And it was. All right. Before we get to headline number three, um, this final or this uh, headline number four, excuse me, this headline is brought to you by Underdog. Um, Even though we are a college football podcast, I'm going to guess a lot of you are NFL fans as well. And as you know, NFL is officially back. A lot of your Saturdays and or Sundays, excuse me, are probably now filled with watching games. And a big part of watching those games is fantasy football. That's why we've partnered with Underdog Fantasy. 
for this football season. It's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you can pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total in the week's game for a chance to win big. It's easy to play. Just pick two to five stats from your favorite players and choose whether they'll go over or under. Uh, you, you say, like you're watching the Bengals, and you say Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, others uh, higher or lower in their certain categories. Um, by the way, if you're Burrow, it's probably been under. They, they haven't put up big – it's been a rough start for uh, the Bengals here. Uh, but you can go 20 times your money by going five for five. Um, sign up with promo code HUSKER to get your first $100 deposited doubled. Uh, visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with the promo code Husker to get your first deposit of up to $100 doubled. Uh, so they'll give you $100 if you put $100 in. You must be 18 and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Thanks again to Underdog Fantasy, a proud sponsor here of Husker Online Headlines. All right, headline number four. Quinn Ives and Emmett Johnson will thrust into the spotlight. A couple young guys we've not seen play at all, Steve Sipple. We know Anthony Grant's going to play a factor, but a mm -hmm. uh, pretty good chance we're going to get a good look at at least one of these two backs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and can they can they do what's being asked of them? I mean, hammer between the tackles be heavily involved in a downhill run game. Are those guys ready for that mentally, physically, and emotionally? Because it's a, it takes a toll. It's not easy to do. Now it's, it's a little easier to do against Louisiana Tech. It's, you know what, Sean? You know what, if, if I'm a coach, you, you have Michigan in the back of your mind, right? Okay? Everybody does. Sean, are, they, are, are these guys ready for Michigan? trying to ascertain that we're trying to ascertain that tomorrow or is Emmett Johnson Quentin Ives Quentin Ives 6'2 185 maybe a little bigger than that now that's what he's listed Emmett Johnson he's Ramir Johnson's size probably 5'11 185 190 are they ready for this well, well no running back is a position where you should know as a freshman and for 20 plus years Every good running back at Nebraska had a role as a freshman where you at least knew they were good players. And you can go down the line of every one of them that kind of played early. Amon Green, oh, yeah. Calvin Jones, um, but, you know, Lawrence Phillips. Then after that era. But Amir, Amir didn't play a lot as a freshman. Enough. He? Enough. He, he flashed enough. Is that when they had Braylon Hurd and – And a, well, they had – who else did they have? Aaron Green. Oh, Aaron Green. So they had – they and. In one recruiting class, they had the TCU eventual starting running back Aaron Green, the Kentucky starting running back Braylon Hurd, and Amir Abdullah. Yeah, Amir being the, by far the best one. So they had three power five backs in the two left right away because Amir was that good. Yeah, that good. I mean, Brandon Jackson, when he came in as a freshman, you knew he was good. Corey Ross showed potential right off the bat when he was. Well, yeah, he took a while for Corey. Sean, took a while for but he had some wiggle to him you yeah. saw like as a returner and yeah it took a while though um david horn i mean he ended up yeah. not finishing well but did really well no, i mean it's rare though a running back that's good needs to redshirt like usually if you're good you can help 
this situation might be a little different than some because the the veterans that are in that that were in that room. I mean, you had Ramir Johnson, who's a junior, fifth year junior, um, and and of course you had Gabe Irvin, veteran, veteran guys. Now you've lost two of them, um, and and you have Anthony Grant, who's a twenty four year old. So maybe what I'm suggesting, Sean, is maybe Ives and Emmett were in a situation where you didn't you didn't really need them. Now you do. Now you do. And again, are they ready for this? You feel better that they're getting tested against Louisiana Tech. Nothing against Louisiana Tech, but they've given up 450-plus yards in all four games, and North Texas just put 562 on them. Okay? The world's going to change for these guys drastically next week against Michigan. But let's see what they got and go from there. Yeah, Ives is a really interesting study because he was not highly recruited. I mean, this is your quintessential Evan Cooper, Matt Rule type recruit, a guy that they bet on and they believed in, didn't have any other Power 5 offers, Okay, and they went on him right away. I mean, that little two-week period where you know they were traveling the world, taking recruits everywhere, that was a the guy they, they took and, and they found, and you know, I think UConn was going to be an option for him with Barthel involved. So Barthel was recruiting him too before. Um, but he was not by any means a highly recruited running back. But they hadn't really been recruiting great running backs here anyway in Nebraska in the previous. I mean, it's a know, big, it's a, it's a critic, it's a interesting discussion because of what they're at, of what they're going to ask of these guys. I mean, they're going to ask them to run between the tackles, to be heavily involved. In a, in a power running game. I mean, it's not – this is a lot. It's a lot. You just got to see. I mean, I'm not ruling out that, the, that Quentin Ives and or Emmett Johnson – I'm not ruling out that they'll look fabulous. Ives is big, too. Pretty pretty big. They list him at 185. He's 6'2", though. Yeah. He, typic, now, what rule says your typical kind of downhill eye back, a guy that you'd, you'd see dot the eye in an old Nebraska offense. That's why I want to see what that looks like. Yeah. And Emmett Johnson was the Minnesota high school player of the year. And, you know, his recruiting as a junior was kind of sidetracked because of COVID. I mean, Minnesota was one of those States that didn't play high school football until really, really late in the year. Mm -hmm. And then they only played a few games. Mm -hmm. So he had no junior film to help him and it hurt him. I mean, how how do you, you get recruit because it's hard to be a good sophomore high school football player, right? I mean, you got to be really elite. Yeah. And then his junior year got tanked because of the COVID deal in Minnesota. And then his senior year, he was player of the year. So um, this is kind of a guy they took a chance on. And, th- I mean, kind of they just needed a back. And Yeah. If and- you're a Nebraska fan, you hope you're walking out of the stadium on Saturday going, whoa, they had those two young guys. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. Wow. That's what you're hoping. You hope it's like another version of Harburg. Yeah. Last week, or yeah. like another Harburg storyline. Exactly, where where old guys like me are walking out, going, "Man, they might I didn't even know it was going to look like that." I mean, I, Sean, I didn't know Harburg would look like that. I didn't know that. No. I'm not going to pretend like I expected what I saw. No, Harburg way exceeded my expectations, and that's what you hope with the running backs. Now the the weather could be an issue. I mean, we don't know, and yeah. I don't. I'm don't want to be like an iPhone meteorologist here. I mean, I think we all are like, you just look at wake up in the morning, you look at your phone, yeah. you're like, Oh, it's going to rain. You know, like, <laughs> like we've just come to like, think that this little dot on our iPhone 
is the end all be all. Yeah, I, I do that. And and it's it's not even right most a lot of the time. <laughs> right. But anyway, like what's it's it gonna be like? The weather for young guys and their first action. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be something to watch. Yeah, yeah. There's a forty percent chance of afternoon <laughs> thunder showers. Is that from your iPhone? No, that's from the radio. That's from the radio. <laughs> I heard it on a radio show. Gary, Gary Sattelmeyer had a great line on KFB this week that Lyle Brimser was talking to Gary when he was a young broadcaster. And he said, hey, Gary, just so you know, when you say anything but the time and the temperature, it's going to be controversial yeah. on the radio. So Interesting. Uh, just just, just know that. Uh, but, yeah, the weather is – we don't know. I mean, it could be rainy. I think a lot of us have fear of the Akron game in 2018, something like that all over again. I can't imagine that ever happening. Mean, that's the only time – other than like a World War One, World War Two type thing, that a game has been canceled at Nebraska. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. No, I, I think Trev and his people will be on top of any situation, uh, unlike the Bill Moose was that night. Yeah, Moose Agri. wasn't one of Moose's better days. They couldn't find him. Easy. <laughs> All right. Next subject. Final headline. Uh, headline number five. We will learn plenty about Big Ten West this weekend. Iowa plays Penn State. Um, that's a big one. Ohio State plays at Notre Dame. Um, Rutgers is at Michigan. Um, so, th- I mean, there's a number of matchups that we're going to see and learn a lot about. In Minnesota this- Northwestern. Minnesota Northwestern. And, you know, how will Northwestern come back? How will Minnesota Sean, bounce back? Wisconsin-Purdue is the one that will tell us a lot. That's Friday. Uh, Friday at 6 Because both teams have had their ups. I mean, you would expect Wisconsin to win that game. but They're a six-point favorite. For those who partake in that sort of thing, Wisconsin's a six-point favorite on the road at Purdue. I don't know what to make of that. It's a hard one. Wisconsin, I think, maybe started to turn the corner a little bit if there was a corner to turn in the second half against Georgia Southern, keeping in mind that Georgia Southern turned the ball over six times in that game. But what I saw was Wisconsin – getting Braylon Allen and Chesma Luzzi loose a little bit. They look good. Both those guys look good. Wisconsin's offensive line is not even close to vintage. Like, it's not what probably they want at all. It's, it's kind of why the coaching change is made. It's okay. Um, it's fine. But I I don't know what to make of Purdue. They, they lost by 15 to Syracuse last week. In West Lafayette. Yeah, new coach, uh, Ryan Walters. They have two losses already. But, it'll, it, but but I guess what we're telling you is this. That game will tell you quite a bit about the West, I think. Now, Iowa, if they – they Iowa could change the way we look at the West completely if they go to Happy Valley and win. If they win that game, which they're 15-point dogs, right. I mean, you could damn – you could say they've clinched the division at that point. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> How, how bizarre! I'm not gonna uh, say that. That story no, with Brian Ferentz and the 325 thing, like to me, it's wacky. I mean, you got a team that's ranked 24th in the country, that's three and zero, and they've made this thing about the points per game average, like such a story. Like it's a huge story. Like who puts that in writing? I don't know. It's not a good move. I mean, not a good. Move. What if they're like 10 and two and they don't get the point? What I mean, don't fire him. Like, come on. Right. Like anyway. That's a huge game. You say they're a 15-point dog. It'll be a wide out. It's a night game. It's on CBS. Yeah. I think Penn State might might Wash sprint them. off with it. Well, especially, I mean, I, I know um, the quarterback, McNamara, has been nicked up a little bit. Like, yeah. 
they get after him. Well, and their Iowa's tight end is out. They have three key injuries, including Lachey, who, if you remember the Nebraska game last year in Iowa City, was excellent. So, it, I I don't think he'll. I, I I think Penn State might might hammer Ohio State three point favorite at Notre Dame. That has my attention. I mean, there's going to be a boatload of people watching that. I mean, those two it's the big, biggest game of the weekend. Those two Big Ten games are CBS, NBC, head to head. They're going to be squaring off against each other. It's a big game. It's the biggest game of a weekend, which you could debate, by the way, because Florida State plays at Clemson, um, and and Colorado is at Oregon. Those are big games. Yeah, that's too. a two thirty game in Oregon, right? I don't know that two thirty Central. I don't follow the Buffs, but um, they those are big games, and those aren't the only ones. There's two or three other pretty big games out there that we didn't mention. And then the next week, Nebraska will be 2.30 for Michigan. Colorado took the big noon spot from Nebraska-Michigan, and they'll be big noon against USC. Yeah. So five of the first six weeks, big noon kickoff show will be in Boulder. This week, I kind of chuckled. Big noon kickoff, do you know where they're at this week? No. <laughs> Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Why? Like, exactly. Like That's what I'm saying to my – like. I guess they try to be at the game they're going to air uh -huh. at 11 or, you know, but last week they weren't, they did the Colorado game, but you have like the rock and little Wayne and all these people on your pregame show. Then you're going to be at Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Oh. I mean, just talk about like the ultimate, like <laughs> buzz kill. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your engine. Ran they out won't now. Nobody's going to be in Colorado, Oregon this week. They're, they're given as far as like the pregame shows. Game day is at Oregon or at Ohio State, Notre Dame. Big noon kickoff is at Oklahoma, Cincinnati. So Oklahoma, I will say this about Oklahoma. They I've heard people saying that they're that they're gonna make a strong rebound from last year, that they're they're flexing right now. And they have looked good so far. And you know, like that Red River shootout game, that'll be I'm that'll be big noon kickoff, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Remember what happened last year in that game. Texas 49 Oklahoma zip. Okay. That that was crazy. I think it was 49s. It might have been 47. It was 40 something zip. Um, so but I think Oklahoma is in the midst of a strong rebound. I'd watch that. Speaking of Oklahoma, did you see the story with Lincoln Riley and the, the U reporter? in the reporter at I, USC? I've only heard about what was the deal. So um Lincoln Riley runs a strict media ship. And, you know, he has policies like his and they didn't like what this reporter wrote, how he wrote some things like. Or did he interview somebody away from um, the... he did a few things like I think he reached out to a parent. OK, Um, he wrote like mop up duty in an article like this mop but, up duty got Lincoln Riley. Yeah, like three or four things that he said or did. And they put this reporter on a two week suspension, which I just think. You're you're ranked like in the top ten, top five. Like, why are you worried about a reporter if you're Lincoln hmm. Riley? He's making ten million dollars a year, and he's worried about. Well, Sean, I don't want to judge it because I don't know all the details. Bill Platsky just teed off. Did he? As you would imagine. Yeah. I need to. I saw that. I need to read it. I saw it on our message board. I haven't read it. Um, I need to get into that. Now I was banned by Bo Pelini for one week. And it was over basically calling Peter Gammons to get confirmation on a Bubba star. I still don't understand what triggered him about doing that. I can't. Coaches get weird like that, yeah. though. Pressure. You you've never been banned. Uh, you've had some close. I've had some close calls. Brush ups. 
Yeah. Frank threatened to ban me one time, but no. <laughs> he threatened to ban you? Yeah. In the Osborne era, like, I mean, it was, it wasn't like that, right? I mean, I'm sure Osborne didn't like some things that writers would write, but it wasn't like he banned people. Well, they were winning at such a high level. Uh, there wasn't a, eh, no, Tom just wasn't, I forget it. Tom had a lot of controversy. Right. His, I mean, the but Lawrence he didn't Phillips ever. Era. There was never episodes with the media because I think Tom handled things so well. I just he just Sean he just handled things really well. He wasn't given to temper tantrums. He wasn't given to rash decisions. His decisions usually were sound. So there wasn't you didn't no it, it wasn't any there wasn't a lot of media problems. Sean, there's always going to be some, but nothing that ever was like nothing like this. You know. Yeah, it just seems not necessary. I mean, it, it wasn't just a lower, like a younger reporter. You know, it'd be like one of the younger newspaper guys now, and then they didn't like how you did some things. He's kind of aggressive. And well, once again, I'm not going to say it was unnecessary without knowing. I'd have to look at. it. I want to see it. I want to see what. I just know Riley's getting trashed. Is he? I mean, there's is he? first of all, very few people are going to take the side of the coach nope. and those type of deals. Nope. Take the side of the little guy. You know. I want to see. I want to look at it. All right. Well, uh, great show, Steve Sippel. Yeah, um, Sean, thank we, you. We will be back, by the way, Saturday um, for our post-game show. A game will end around 6. We plan to be on around 8, 8.30. We yeah. saying 8.30? 8.30. Husker Online post-game show. We'll break down uh, Louisiana Tech um, and Nebraska. And looking forward to a two, some 2.30 games. Those night games, I'm, I'm getting old. You. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sean. I mean, night, night games are rough on the pre 15 years older than you. Well, just the, the post game show till two in the morning. Yeah. That, that wiped my Sunday right out, but we still had, I mean, we still had over 600 live viewers at all times last week, even at like 1 AM. So, well, uh, we'll hopefully get a good number this week, um, for, for post game show. So join us here on the Husker line YouTube channel. And remember we put all of our shows on the podcast network as well. So, um, if you want to find us, listen to us in your car ride down to Lincoln, um, or anywhere around uh, the world, just go to the Husker Online podcast page, anywhere you can find podcasts, or obviously get us here on the YouTube page. And most importantly, check us out on huskeronline.com. Steve Sipple's full post-game column will be up after the game, my final takes, grades, uh, all the great content uh, Husker fans have known to love for 20-plus years on huskeronline.com. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan, signing off here for Husker Online Headlines.